Welcome to Opening Presence. My name is Aaron Robinson. This is round two of a going there type of podcast, as all of the solo episodes seem to be uh, increasingly more vulnerable, increasingly more uh, open, and (laughs) I guess... I would say difficult in some sense, but that's what this whole platform and podcast is predicated on, is more so speaking to the process of becoming, um, rather than speaking from the perspective of already achieved something. Um, I think there's a lot of wisdom to be shared um, within the process of hardships and trying to understand things and... and, uh, having a lot come to surface and putting words to them and seeing patterns. So this is another one of those let's let's uncover. Um, specifically, in this episode, um, as it pertains to my own life um, and history of relationships, intimacy, and romance, and some of the things that I learned... Mm, Maybe just from what I've seen and what I've experienced, uh, heartaches and uh, witnessing patterns of distraction and all of the sorts that culminate into my current uh, state uh, or understanding of of where where love is in my life and and some of the, the limitations that I wouldn't say limitations, but I guess opportunities to learn and grow through that tend to keep arising in similar manners over the years. I want to kind of go back to like my earliest, uh, I guess, memories of of <laughs> uh, liking girls and, and stuff like that. Like I remember being very like, secretive of like who I liked and and I grew up being a very shy person and um, being a black kid growing up going to like all white schools having crushes on little little white girls and stuff and not obviously like not having any uh, uh, examples or anything (laughs) shown shown of how to interact or talk to girls um I guess we can even go back to like what it was like at home, which will give a more vivid picture. But like as far as relating to women, my example was my dad and my mom. And unfortunately, I I don't have any I had this conversation earlier today that I don't have any memory of my dad speaking to my mom. Like think how wild that is, like just like a, a conversation I don't have any memory of my mom, my mom and dad having conversation. Like it was almost like they lived two separate lives within a household while they were together. They split up when I was 12, 11 or 12. But like thinking back, like how, how is a household supposed to sustain without communication? And that's kind of like my baseline understanding of intimacy or relationship to women is like y'all are supposed to know what the fuck I'm thinking uh without me expressing myself and over the years I've gotten better with expressing myself especially like instances like this and uh but 
but that uh, reality of of i guess uh, not expressing and not uh, knowing how to communicate needs is something that i inherited from my father and as we know from my last episode um there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot to learn from that man um as it pertains to my own life and in my own patterns um so witnessing that or or experiencing that as a as a child and then kind of going through my early childhood of like elementary school and starting to to like girls i i remember um in middle school i had a crush on a girl um and obviously like i tell like my friends and whatnot and um and then once again very secretive about it it's kind of like i have this crush i don't want to tell this person and i think a lot of and not to say like i'm like an outlier i think a lot of young young boys are fearful of expressing the girl <laughs> letting anybody know who the girl is they have a crush on but um in my instance being like one of the few black kids in school like it's not like there's like a manual <laughs> for for interracial relationships as a kid <laughs> but anyways um but one of my first experiences with that is like being afraid to express who I liked um and there was this moment where there was tension in my little friend group um where I don't I don't even know what the argument was but it came down to uh who somebody who was like my friend at the time uh started to yell at lunchtime in front of like the whole like my whole grade like at lunchtime I think it was like the seventh sixth or seventh grade but he, he screams at the top of his lungs Aaron likes Alexa Aaron likes Alexa and just humiliated me like first like I I was shook like and it Re, like I remember how I responded it's kind of like this stoic unemotional response just like oh yeah whatever yeah you do your thing but like inside I was like like afraid uh mad ashamed and that was like one of my first like formative like <laughs> I guess like public humiliations um in regards to my uh my affinity for pretty pretty girls or whatever like that was like my very one of my very first experiences and um <laughs> and and I've yet to really like uh kind of start unpacking it so this is kind of it I've kind of uh seen some of the some of my patterns kind of uh come up over time and and realizing there's a desire for uh, serious connection and real connection and um, I think kind of highlighting the things that um, are formative instead of just pushing them away and acting like they didn't they don't matter regardless of how long ago it was and stuff but uh, learning how to create a sense of compassion and understanding for uh, that that kid and as he as I have turned into an adult and I want to uh, move past certain like limitations and beliefs um, I think this is a part of that and and shining a light on it um, is is how I'm going to move about it um, realizing that it's necessary uh, to move forward and and to learn and to grow so 
that was one of my earliest like <laughs> uh experiences like liking a girl and then kind of being shamed that I liked this girl and and uh losing a lot of trust in friendships and and I've seen this this uh uh kind of this pattern of like secrecy and and shame and guilt around uh, interests and sexuality, uh, kind of persist, um, over the years. Um, I remember kind of like, and, and I was a shy person in high school too. And I remember like, uh, losing my virginity at like 17 and like the, (laughs) the situation around it, like it was like lunchtime and like, I drove with this girl, like, like 20 minutes out of the way to where I lived (laughs) to have sex like nervously obviously I won't I'll spare the details but like rushing rushing to the house to have sex like finishing really quick and then like oh we have to get back before like next period starts and then like kind of dropping her off and then kind of like uh like like it never happened like never like addressing her, like speaking to her in public or not letting anybody know who it was and keeping that a secret and (laughs) like, like just media, like sending messages like texts or, or AOL messages and like hooking up like every once in a while type of thing, like in the car or, or whatever, but nobody can know, nobody can know that Aaron Robinson is a sexual person or has sex or anything. It's like, like, let's keep that shit on wraps. So it's always been kind of like a secretive type of thing. Um, um, yeah. And, uh, later on in high school, I think another one of the formative, experiences was kind of like my first like I guess it would I would call it like a relationship like my late junior senior year of high school dating uh at the time a really pretty pretty girl like skinny skinny white girl chick whatever um and kind of like putting up with a lot of shit just for the sake of uh being associated with somebody that looked a certain way and and that's where a lot of like my uh settling I don't want to say settling but it was just like handing over like not knowing what my self-worth was and and not to blame a young like a high schooler of course you just want to get some pussy but uh putting up with like a lot of manipulation and and (laughs) There's people playing like baseball. This kid just face planted. Um, putting up with just like a lot of a lot of shit um, for the sake of just sex and and being validated by a woman's presence and and not taking into account how I felt or how I was treated in that situation. And I've witnessed that pattern uh, reoccur over time. Um, one of the more traumatic. Uh, episodes in that first like I guess serious like relationship to where we're spending a lot of time with one another um was towards the end of it where (laughs) I remember homecoming for my senior year um as as high schoolers do like we drink alcohol and we took a limo bus 
um, like around to like dinner and then to the school for for uh, homecoming dance. And I remember vividly uh, my date slash girlfriend on and off kind of fling girlfriend. And we'll just say she was my girlfriend. Like we were around each other enough. Um, but I saw her uh, sit on every single dude's lap and make out with them just like in a line like the girl that I was like in love with like made out with like every single dude on this on this limo bus at homecoming and like that level of like (laughs) trauma like looking back on it it's like oh shit like that's fucking heavy to like hold on to I'm at a park there's playing basketball but like thinking about that now and placing myself in that situation and and what that viscerally that visceral emotion of just shutting down um and just kind of like kind of demolishing any sense of safety or trust like thinking that a woman is capable of uh hurting me to that extent has definitely reinforced the barriers that I maintain and hold up um, for the fear of being hurt to that extent in, in uh, handing over my power um, and being that vulnerable um, has been something that, uh, that I'm working through and that, that is, uh, a continual process but seeing where the origins of uh, uh, intimacy and trust and shame and guilt kind of compile into an outlook um, has been interesting to 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 break down and and form a level of uh, understanding and it's like how do you move past these things like how um, how does one uh, find that trust and and openness and and uh healthy create a healthy relationship to to sex and romance and and love and vulnerability and uh taking into account these these experiences and and saying yes they did happen but they're not gonna uh define me forever so that was (laughs) so that high school experience uh was one that was very shaping and uh my next I guess like serious girlfriend in college I had a very similar situation happen where I just found like the prettiest girl like that was like my mo is just like find the prettiest girl and have her be your girlfriend because the the validation of being the guy that dates the pretty girls is uh much more important like going back to that having people outside of you validate you and uh that's very much along those lines is okay well who cares about how i engage and what's our relationship what's my relationship to this this girl and and whatnot it's like at least like everyone in the school knows that i'm banging the baddest one in the school so like that's all that matters right at least that was my thinking um but (laughs) I dated this girl in college and like we were together for a while um we're like a year or so and 
we broke up and then a couple months later we exchange messages and decide to hang out again um we get back together um and i remember vividly as i was a little bit older than being in high school was uh i remember it was the super bowl the the saints versus the the i think it was the colts or something and I was at her house. She had roommates and stuff, and they were having a Super Bowl party. And I was sitting on the couch watching the game. I was wearing, like, white skinny jeans because it was, like, the new boys era. <laughs> You're a jerk. Um, I know. But uh, so I'm watching the game, and she comes over to me and was like, hey, like, let's go upstairs and have sex. And I was like, like, yes, but the game is on right now like it's the fourth quarter of the super bowl like i'm gonna watch like the rest of this game and i knew that i had like upset her because i wasn't listening or whatever but i was preoccupied watching this game and she like spills like this cranberry juice all over like my (laughs) my pants just to uh, i guess make it even it was an quote-unquote accident but nevertheless like that kind of got me mad but I was just like whatever like go go away and let me finish watching this game so the the game ends and I look around and I'm like where's Amanda at and I'm like all right well there's this party going on like where's my girlfriend and I'm like I'm gonna go up to her room so I walk upstairs and I walk to her room and I try to open the door and the door is locked And I'm like, that's weird. So I knock on the door. Uh, I don't hear anything. And I just stand there. And then she opens the door and tries to, like, kind of just, like, walk through me. Like, hey, baby, let's go downstairs. And I'm just like, do you think I'm stupid? So I kind of push her to the side and walk into the room. And I walk to the other side of the bed. And there's a guy just, like, curled up in a ball just, like, on the side of the bed. I had a beer in my hands and I just like sprayed it around the room and just walked out and just drove off. Like I was like, like the idea to like fight a guy over a decision a girl made, like just didn't seem right. And it was just like fumes at that point. But um, that was another one of those uh, experiences where like my trust had been betrayed and um, found myself really, really hurt, uh, by this person and not having any place to like resolve those types of, uh, I guess like experiences, like there's no outlet to, to kind of like heal from that type of thing, like the betrayal of it. And, um, I get I think that's kind of framed my relations to women in a way where I always keep a safe distance um and kind of have my barriers up at all times um and even even like in my selection process it's like I still in in the depth and capacity or in my capacity for depth I think I settle a lot for uh, for more surface or aesthetics or 
escapism is something that I find uh, in my patterns as I, I don't know, like I'm 32 now. I've, I've had sex with at least like 50 women in my life, probably a little bit more around that. Yeah, definitely that. <laughs> yeah, definitely that. But like looking back and, and kind of just taking it for um, like an honest inquiry and just like the level of like depth and connection and like trust and actual love and care and intimacy. Like I don't think I've ever really experienced that maybe maybe a couple of times, but there's always been like an apprehension and a fear to really, really like surrender um, to another person and to to share in this divine connection, and it's something um, going back to my parents where it's like I don't have that that example um, to go off of, and it's I can read as many books and listen to as many people as possible, but like there's these certain uh, there's this dynamic that I have <laughs> that I'm working through that um, I guess keeps popping up where there's uh, uh, repressed sexual desires and and finding people to meet that uh, very surface level need when I know the need is much deeper and the people that I seek aren't capable of uh, giving me the thing that I am looking for and I know that the thing that I'm looking for I can only give myself that that love I can only give myself and um but how does one uh as a human that that needs connection how does one uh uh become fulfilled in a in a in a collaborative way where it's healthy and when it's loving and caring and in in rejuvenating in a sense and and uh detached from the feelings of shame the, the the shame tied up in sexuality the guilt tied up in in sexuality and the uh the history of feeling undeserving of of uh of love or uh the lack of experience in the romance department it's all things that i'm i'm bringing to surface as i've uh, gone along this journey and have found uh, progress in areas of self-worth and, and purpose and, and uh, each component or compartment of, of life uh, are progressing at different paces and, and I feel this place, um, this portion is, is very relevant in uh, being the creator of, of a life and a lifestyle that, that uh, prioritizes like uh, connection and and finding it easy to to be open in in, in platforms where there's uh, uh, intimacy within platonic relationships, but as soon as that it as soon as it gets romantic, there's a there's a barrier there um, of closeness that I feel hesitance towards, and and a lot of the behaviors are learned, yes, um, but once identified, uh, can definitely. Uh, I can move past and, and hopefully um, hopefully this can help. Yeah, as of recently, I've, <laughs> not as of recently, I've known this for a while, but like in all of my uh, sexual encounters, there, there tends to be a lack of 
uh, uh, I don't want to say like a lack of, I don't know. It's just like just hooking up with people that I don't really vibe with too much. It's like, like the emotional connection isn't there and it's, it is, it is a form of escapism. I'm recognizing this pattern. It's just like, yo, of course I want to like have sex and everybody wants to have sex, but like to the point where it's like, like non enjoyable for like either party. It's like, it's supposed to be fun and, and freeing, not like a, a binding agent to the, to the story that has been told over and over again. And, um, sometimes I compromise the, the work that I've done to, to relive and relearn, um, these traumas that I've, uh, endured and, and, uh, yeah, sometimes I, in, in instances where it's like, Aaron, you can like, not go down this road again I just choose to go down that road for the sake of companionship and it's and it's where's the where's the end um with that which kind of prompts this this uh this podcast is how do we work through these things and there's not going to be an answer at the end of this it's it's through the living of life um that we arrive at the (laughs) at new understandings but just wanting to share where I'm at, uh, with intimacy. And it's like, I've, I've met really, really cool people, um, over these last like number of months. Uh, and I've been encouraged by the connections that I've made and, um, learned where there's uh, a level of, uh, I guess, stickiness internally when, when I'm not met with, uh, the desired outcome that I want and maybe that has to do with like having clarity of what I what it is I actually want but um the feeling of rejection comes up uh often or at least I've experienced it pretty recently with uh women that I that I liked and I still have feelings for but noticing that when uh they choose to go another route or something um that that internalized feeling of unworthiness is something that that rears its ugly head um uh even when i think i feel like i've i've passed that in a certain extent but when when it's uh it never feels good to be denied by by another person especially when you can envision like what it would be uh to spend more time with them and to share more with them and it's like it's like you haven't even gotten to the good part yet and you're already saying no um, so there's a little tied up in that and, um, that feeling of rejection and, and what that feels like inside of my body. Um, I, I learned that I had to kind of take into, take in my dad's experience because his, uh, first wife before my mom, um, the little I do know about her, she was a really career driven, uh, woman and, my dad uh, expressed to her that he wanted children, which was basically like uh, uh, urged by my grandmother. So my dad's mom wanted wanted him to have kids. Um, but this woman, his first wife, didn't want to have kids. And so they broke up 
so me thinking about like how I deal with rejection, um, I, I have no other reason but to believe that that's something similar to what my dad's experience was, was, um, being, uh, I guess like putting oneself out there and saying that you want to have kids with somebody that you're married to and then them saying that they don't want to have kids with you and then how that kind of shame or guilt or that place of rejection, how that kind of forms or shapes your character moving forward. Like like the, the nature of his uh, personality of just being completely shut off and non-willing to kind of be vulnerable and to share I think can more than likely more likely than not was shaped by that experience and possibly experiences before that so um that's kind of where my mind is gone is like oh shit like now I understand how my why my dad was shut off because it's like as soon as you tell your truth or share this thing like that fear of being rejected it's like instead of being rejected how about I just don't share with you this thing that's on my mind or in my heart or in my soul and that needs to be expressed and I definitely sense uh or experience that on my own where it's like you know what I'll just keep this thing to myself because I don't want to burden you with uh the contents of my desires um because I don't want to I don't want to impede on to your life uh, there's no way that you can like possibly love like all parts of me so I'm just going to keep it to myself um, that's kind of like the, the subconscious, like, uh, thought process or non-thought process. It's just like this embodied experience moving through life with this kind of the, the operating system that's going on where it's like, Hey, I won't, I won't express this or, or you should know what my desires are without me expressing them and if you don't then there obviously is no like real true connection um but it's all just like a defense mechanism um that i use and that could possibly be a learned behavior but learned behavior or not this is uh bringing it out into the open and working with it and and seeing how how we can transcend and move past this because I want to have fun honestly like I want to like build and build with someone special and I want to like have fun in the sack and and uh, experience like the full range of of what a romantic partnership can be and what good sex can be and all of that um but it it does require like some work and and some honesty and and most importantly it requires communication um speaking into a microphone by myself like is a lot easier than speaking to another person um about these things cuz there's no there's no like <laughs> I, there's no judgment but you could be judging me right now but like that's that's up to you and and the space that you're in when you listen to this but um i guess the fear of rejection in person is is something that uh kind of colors my uh engagement with with intimacy even uh the moments where i experience anxiety in approaching women that i find attractive or interested to talk to there's moments where i'm confident and i'll approach somebody just 
cold like off the bat off the rip but it's always like a learning experience and uh i find i find it always a a learning experience when i put myself in a vulnerable situation to uh be open to being rejected or accepted for for my advances but um i think this is a step uh on that journey and hopefully i can uh, continue to to learn and grow in in calling forth and being accountable to the decisions I've made um, not judging myself too harshly for the decisions I'm going to make that are in line with <laughs> this trajectory of 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 moving through traumas and and <laughs> and creating relationships that are fulfilling on both ends where I can show up and bring my full self to my relationships to others and and not settle for ones that are uh are limited (laughs) I think we're going to continue this conversation uh another time but uh thank you for listening to opening presence (music)